Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. So we have a couple of guests on our show right now for this panel. This part is we have Wanda Petty, a.k.a. Sister Soldier. Are you there with us? I am. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, 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 welcome. You are a U.S. Army veteran and president and CEO of SheVet Inspire. And we also have a person who I am very interested in talking to very much, Talia Lugacy, a writer, director, and film producer. To give you a little bit of background about uh, Talia, She's a writer, director, and a film producer, but she's also a teacher at the Lang College of the New School. She co-wrote and uh, directed the feature film Descent, starring Rosario Dawson, which premiered in, the, in competition at the Tribeca Film Festival and was released theatrically by Warner uh, Independent. So now, you guys have some interesting things to talk about. And so, uh, Wanda, do you want to introduce, introduce Talia and give us a little bit of background as well as to no, you because you brought us to brought her to uh, America's Heroes Group. Is that correct? Yes, yes, I did. So Talia is a um, phenomenal producer, and she's pretty much in, engaged herself into learning about veterans, and has such a passion to really get the message across for those who are experiencing post-traumatic stress, as well as conveying the message of for for those who are not, who have not experienced it, doesn't know what it's like for us to really get an understanding of what's going on and bringing the best of um, both communication uh, leverage abilities to surface. And so I thought it was really vitally important because of so much that's going on today and even right now with, um, you know, what's been revealed in the last couple of days about the uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and what's going on over there. And they're not really um, that the uh, Taliban has taken over and, and soldiers are in service members are wondering, well, what was the purpose of me going over there? Mm-hmm. You know, and so with things like that surfacing, it's, I know that there is other triggers that's being br- brought about. And what she's out to do is to really help us to be able to see a different side of that and ways to be able to uh, not only manage it, but cope, it, cope with it and, and change lives in the, in the process of understanding what, what service members are experiencing. I think that's great. Now, so Talia, tell us about yourself a little mm-hmm. bit more. And also, can you explain, because um, I did kind of read up on your, your film that you produced a few years back, Descent. Um, tell mm-hmm. us about that film. And also, I'm curious to find out, because you know, you're not a veteran yourself. You didn't you weren't in the military. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, Sean, I'm not. And so um, what, what brought you, how did you connect? What um, made you get interested in veterans' issues, particularly? Well, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I just um, uh, it was it was just interesting to me that you brought up my first film, um, Descent, and in connection to you know what the, your question you're asking me, which is you know how did I become interested in veterans' issues? Well, th- these two things are actually connected because Descent is is about trauma. It's about the aftermath of rape um, and the trauma that that comes from that. 
Um, and so really, this film, uh, my current film, This Is Not A War Story, um, is is another kind of consequence of my grappling with my own trauma in my life. Um, I gravitated towards veterans' issues for that reason. Um, and then I found a, a community of veterans who were very supportive um, of me telling the story uh, with them. Um, and that's the film. Okay. So you found an affinity with some of the things that you were dealing with and then also tend to transpire through the films that you were creating today. Tell us about your new film. You can kind of give us a hint about um, about your, your new film that you're working on. Sure, yeah. Uh, this is Not a War Story is um, a narrative hybrid. So it's a, it's a fictional story um, that involves um, real veterans portraying themselves in the film and uh, a lot of improvisational dialogue. So anyone who's seen, I guess, Nomadland is, is the most recent example of that kind of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story is really looking at the suicidal impulse, the consequence of trauma. It's looking at moral injury specifically. Um, as a cause of trauma um, and how one goes about fathoming the experience that that one had and how do you how do you cope with it and live with it Um, as sister was pointing out you know returning veterans Iraq Afghanistan and also from Vietnam you know contending with the moral injury that comes with with serving and what one has to deal with internally just to to be able to live Uh, this is what the film is looking at Mm -hmm. we talk about PTSD and we talk about um, uh, sexual trauma that happens in the military one thing that we have, there is a connection. We have to realize that, you know, we, we are now just getting that into our, our, our lexicon in, American, in the American public. So it's now just seems like we're just starting to really understand what PTSD really means. And it's not just a military phenomenon. It's actually something that if you have any kind of traumatic experience, especially a life and death experience, whether you're growing up in maybe a community that has a lot of violence or around a lot of poverty, which is not just the United States but around the world, or if you're in a situation where you were in a very uh, unsafe, compromised position where you were raped or have or experienced any kind of sexual trauma, these are things that we as as American and as citizens need to grapple with and start having a conversation about. So I think it's great that you're making these movies because that, that topic and doing it in a way that's also tasteful, which is also I think very, very important. Mm-hmm. And so t- tell me your process as far as as far as filmmaking, as far as the stories do you, did you how you craft your stories as a writer, what What's your? How do you kind of? Where do you start? And then, and then, what is? Does each film have its, have its own specific goal, or is it more of an exploration? Well, uh, sure. I mean, films have a goal. The goal evolves. Um, but one thing, um, unequivocally, I can say is that I, I do as a starting point is that I try to craft uh, films in such a way where I can um, self-generate my own material. In other words, you know, um, I can be in creative control of what the film is going to be. I don't have to answer to a. a a company who's who's funding an enormous amount of money. These are small films, and they're small on purpose, so that I can have the 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 leeway to tell a story that needs to be told in a certain way. Um, there's one review of uh, or a few reviews of our, of our film that have already come out have pointed to the fact that like our film, unlike every other Hollywood movie that deals with these issues um, in terms of the military, our film doesn't have you know the blessing of the DOD and all this kind of thing. We're not. Um, going through those normal channels, um, and that's part of. So the making of the film in that sense is is um, is critical to what the film end, ends up becoming. Um, and you know, for this reason, we're able to offer the veterans who who are in the film that much more loyalty to the fact that, like, yes, we're going to tell your story the way that you mm-hmm. you you want it to be told, rather than some companies sort of skewing um, things to a to a hero narrative or or these myths that I think Hollywood perpetuates that are quite quite damaging. Mm-hmm. So that and it, it, it kind of tipped off the time bomb with that with that response because we don't think about it, but we know that that, that happens. I mean, people that have been in the military watch certain films and things like that, and, and you know sometimes we get wrapped up in the drama and we get wrapped up in the story and the 
action and things like that. But there is a veil, so to speak, about what actually the real story is and what the story is being presented. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, so in that in that regard, can you elaborate a little bit on? And so, if I'm if I'm Sean Claiborne, I want to make I want to make a movie about you know Iraq, mm-hmm. and I'm want to use mm-hmm. the military's you know. Uh, um, um, a, a face, so to speak, <laughs> and put it and show what's going on in, in Iraq. What am, what do I got to yep. do? Like, what types of hoops do I have to jump through in order to tell my story? You got to send the DoD your script. They have to <laughs> approve it. Oh yeah, there's a whole there's a whole office um, tied to Hollywood, the Hollywood studio system, where this all gets funneled through. And a lot of it. I mean, there's there's a, this is a really fun thing to read up on. Um, you know, all the differences that these, they, all the incarnations that, that popular movie scripts go through because the DOD has a problem with this, that, or the other. But but they need those approvals because obviously the enormity of what they're trying to shoot is so is so expensive and cumbersome and so specific to, to whatever war they're trying to capture. So they, it's you know, um, but you know, the, but our film is more concerned about the behavior of the return, mm-hmm. you know, the return stateside, the, the the kind of living with the war inside you. Uh, that's really what this film is concerned with, um, you know. And again, in doing so, it, it manages to stay under the radar of any of those bigger companies that would need those kinds of approvals. Okay, you say stay under the radar. Do you have? Do you feel threatened, or you feel like there is? There could be some kind of repercussions? Because I mean, what I see it as, if, if you're uh, if you're trying to make a Hollywood movie. And you you need the DOD support or the DOD's blessing in order to get you know your your sponsors, the people that give you the money. Making a movie is not cheap. It's better than it was you know twenty thirty years ago with the technology because now you have digital cameras, you have you know computer um, post production, so you can do pretty much anything you want to do in post production for the most part. I mean, I'm, we watch uh, yeah. YouTube and the internet, and I'm seeing special effects, which not necessarily aren't necessarily quite where they, where they need to be, but you can do a lot of stuff today with the digital technology we have, and it's, it's not as expensive as it used to be. But then what happens, though, if you if I go out and make, you know, Save a Private Ryan Part 3 or whatever, and, <laughs> you know, and then I, then it does, but then it makes the military look bad. Am I going to get in trouble? Well, I don't know. I mean, we'll find out. I mean, certainly, you know, our film is, is interested in the kind of controversy that might get dug up by it. I think that's important to, to starting a conversation around these issues, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but certainly it doesn't fit into a box, you know, and if anything, like w- one of the f- scenes that, that it appears in, in This Is Not a War Story was the consequence of so many conversations I had had with veterans over the couple of years that it took to make the film were like, they're, they're film buffs like I am. It was really uncanny. And they've seen every war film and complained about most of them. And that's all in the dialogue of the film, which I think is it's really a lot of fun because they're taking stabs at, you know, Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down and all these other things that are just really not capturing it, um, at least to the tune that it's that there's an internal critique going on um anyway i'm, yeah. I'm on a tangent sorry no, no i think it's great because i because i agree because a lot of times and it's and it's subtle because it, a lot of times from my experience it's subtle in a lot of ways because even watching like a police story like if you like to listen to cops mm-hmm. or their police officers many of which suffer from ptsd from the stuff that they see every day doctors uh, yep. people that grow up in like i said impoverished communities where there's a lot of crime and violence i mean what yep. i mean how do you think the person is supposed to uh, respond if uh, 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 psychologically, mm-hmm. if they witness a friend getting killed or shot in the street, or uh, a loved one or a close family member getting killed, I mean, for yeah. that's a lot to grapple with. And yeah. then being in the in the confine of a of a war zone, when this when mm-hmm. you have a friend you're talking to on, on one minute and next minute he's gone, or you have a person that's uh, maybe has a, a disability that's permanent, maybe they lose their legs, maybe they're paraplegic. These are the types of things mm-hmm. that people don't realize can break down not just a veteran, but the family and the people around that veteran. Yeah. That loves yeah. that person. So how do you well, address the thing that? I think that yeah, go ahead. 
Well, one way is that I just, I, what I realized making this film, you know, which is not surprising at all, but that veterans have so much to teach us. I mean, as a, as a culture, I mean, individually dealing with trauma, like the community that I found literally is, has, has taught me ways of coping with my own trauma, which was, you know, part of the exercise, I think, of making the film. Um, but one of the things that, that we capture in the film is this community of veterans who are artists who, you know, they, they shred their uniforms, they make paper out of their uniforms, and on that paper they express all of the things that, that are, are, you know, unfathomable. Um, it turn it into art. Um, and there's a community aspect to this um, that is just beautiful and, and you know, down-to-earth and very tactile. Um, anyway, these are things that, that you know, the things that day-to-day help you just live um, are the ways of coping with trauma. It's not, you know, part of this film is very much a response also to, to my kind of disdain for the mainstream depiction of trauma where, like, you know, somebody has a realization and at the end everything's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. those kinds of narratives are such nonsense, um, and they really don't help anybody. Uh, at least in our film, we're looking at, we're looking very squarely at this suicidal impulse. We're looking at the fact that, like, it, it's a day after day after day showing up to do the work of healing. Healing isn't some big prize at the end of some ridiculous you know, narrative that has some, you know, swelling music and stuff. This is, it's, it's a daily process. And I think that, that should be encouraging. I hope that it is. It seems to be, you know, with people who see the film. Um, I, I agree with know. that hundred percent. I mean, the, uh, I think that's part even in, like I went to film school, for example, at Northwestern. So then oh. when you, right. so when you're, you're taught to that, there's gotta be this moment you're, I mean, you're graded <laughs> to follow the Hollywood narrative where there's gotta be this moment where the character realizes that they have to change. <laughs> And everything uh, has to be, everything has to, and, it's, and that's what you, almost uh, like what you get graded so on. Damaging. So the person has to be, yeah. you start out one with, so it was interesting because uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino actually talked about this on, a, on another podcast. And he said, they mentioned that he, that during the 70s, there was this period of time where, you know, there was a rebellion against that kind of idea where you know, people mm-hmm. oftentimes don't change. Sometimes the story actually is what happens to that individual, that character going through the process of being who they are. Yeah. And, then, and, and also yeah. discovering who you really are. You know, when everybody else can maybe see it ahead of you, but you coming to the realization of who you really are. To ask you a personal mm-hmm. question, if I may, um, mm-hmm. when you write or come up with these different types of scenarios or, or explorations in your in your storytelling, or do you ever get to a point where it becomes burdensome or overwhelming for you? Do you ever get to a point where you're like, where it affects you seriously, deeply to the core when you're, and even maybe to the point where you, you find it difficult to even do that, to even go out and even explain that or, or express that? Yes, um, but I have learned how to to take take a pause when I need to. I mean, this sounds stupid, but I've learned how to breathe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the stuff that I'm writing is not always fun. It's it's writing is the most painful of all of the the, the filmmaking disciplines and, and and the most difficult. But you know, it's also at the end of the day the most rewarding because you really are getting to the bottom of this thing you're wrestling with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very taxing, you know, um, but you, you still have to look out for yourself. I mean, nothing is worth, you know, putting yourself in harm's way. Just you, you, you find a balance. But really, it was for me a matter of showing up every single day for years mm-hmm. to write. So I didn't it, know how to do it when I started. Was it more like, so is this more like therapy or is it more, uh, do you feel compelled? No. So this is my, this is my responsibility. I have to tell these stories because it's not, no one else is going to do it if I don't do it. Or is it somewhere it's it's a it's a combination of that. It's more it's much closer to the latter. I mean, really, it is just my own fascination with with human beings and human behavior. And I don't know what the story is going to be necessarily when I start out, but I do have, you know, two figures in a room 
two people in a space of some kind and I listen to what they're saying and I watch how they move. And then a, a story sort of presents itself. I'm pulling on threads. I'm not I'm not grafting my ideas onto something. I'm I'm pulling them out from mm-hmm. you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So before we run out of time, where can they where mm-hmm. can people can see your films? Where what oh. outlets or what platforms are they on where they can actually so Great. So, um, yeah, so This Is Not a War Story is um, making the, the festival around at the moment that's going to be playing um, in Los Angeles in a few weeks at the Dances with Films Film Festival. Um, and uh, it's we're working on a release right now, which should be out this fall. Um, I, I can't say more than that at the moment, but um, you can definitely follow This Is Not a War Story on um, Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram. All, all those outlets will, will update us on how we can watch the film. Um, Descent is not in circulation at the moment, um, but it may be coming back. So, okay. Now what's that Shall process see. like to get something in circulation? So what, what, why is it not? Um, <laughs> why can't you find it on YouTube? Like, or it's a long series of banalities. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's wow. it's it's you know there's there's a whole side of filmmaking that they don't teach you at film school, whether yeah. it's Northwestern or anywhere else. It's, they don't tell you about all the paperwork and all the all that drudgery that yeah. goes with it. You know, so you better love the hell out of it. That's yeah. what I tell my students. I can believe it. <laughs> Now is it now is it is, does this money part of the equation? So it's if, if say the movie um, had some kind of commercial backing or a sponsorship or something like that. If there was a Coca Cola can in the beginning of the movie or something like that. Would that make make a difference as far as getting um, distribution and getting out to of, platforms? No, not really. I mean, it might make a difference in terms of you're talking about product placement. I exactly. mean, it, that may make a difference in terms of raising money for the film. But again, if you have a sponsor on board, they have. They have a, a set of approvals, right? Okay. I don't think Coca-Cola would be very happy with a lot of the things that we're saying in the film. And a lot of other companies are sh- they're so entrenched in corporate you know, stuff that they can't get behind things that are a little bit more radical. And I think that that's to be expected. So, again, what I do in response to that is I keep the costs as, as manageable as I can so that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm responsible. Myself and, and, and my team are responsible for the film, but it's small. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you were saying, yeah, technology has advanced to such a degree that, like, we really can tell many stories without the support of, of enormous um, financial institutions and studios and whatnot. It really is possible now. So the thing to spend your time on if you're trying to make films is the writing part, mm-hmm. um, really the craft. Um, if you get good at that, then the, the technology part is, is easy. Mm-hmm. You know? So how do we get to the distribution phase? What's the what's the distribution part of that equation? Can you go on YouTube, put your stuff on YouTube, or just make a website and then try to get social media to to kind of pick up on it? Is that something that's that, is that realistic? Um, I, it really depends on what the story is. It really okay. depends on what this thing is that you're referring to. Every single film has its own path. Um, but you know, it's I, I I'm not going to lie. The situation for for independent films pretty grim i mean there's Mm -hmm. yes there's more platforms than there ever have been before but but there is also a lot of a lot of pitfalls and and you know all you have to do is turn on netflix to just see the enormity of content and how good is most of it i mean Mm -hmm. it's hard to navigate all of these things i think that the important thing is to just stay true to what you're trying to do and then you follow through with it and 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 you just take the path wherever it goes but you can't really function too much with that level of goal in mind just make the film you know Mm -hmm. Now, how did how did you get Rosario Dawson in your first film? How did that work out? Well, we go back a ways. We okay. were we we went you know to uh, the Strasbourg Theater School together when we were kids, and you know we always had this um, you know this dream that that we would be making films together, and so and so we are, you know. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I appreciate the conversation. You really shed a lot of light on the filmmaking process, but also, too, I really, I really appreciate your dedication and your um, drive to actually uh, tell veteran stories and tell them truthfully. Um, I think that's Thanks. something, once again, is really, really missing in, in media in general, especially in, in, um, in mass media. Um, so that, I tip my hat to you. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think you've got to do the Thank good you. work that you're doing. Great. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. All right, Sister Soul, you're still with us? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> what an awesome conversation. <laughs> well, that's what we try to do. So what, do you have anything for yeah. us to let us know about? So what's going on in your world nowadays? Yeah, well, I just wanted to just like, you know, reiterate what she was saying. It's just like such a great coping skill to be able to write, to be able to creatively express ourselves as service members and as human beings. But I believe that this is what the art of uh, movie making and film filmmaking and writing does. It it actually allows one to be able to express themselves and in, in, um, take those internal feelings and contribute them in a positive way. And so it's so important. I love how Talia said to take the time to write the story because that's what it's about. And that's what we work with here at Chevette Media for uh, women veterans to write their stories so that they can get it out and be able to live sustainable and fulfilled lives. Okay, and give us a website for that. And they can go to sistersoldier.com and learn about the uh, story workshops that we have as well as the um, the recruitment and um, the internship that we provide. I really appreciate that. Thanks once again for Ms. Lugacy and also Sister Soldier. Thank you. Thanks, All right. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye for now. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.